Is the light? Uh, welcome to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. Uh, I want to make a quick shout out to my sponsors for sponsoring this pod, uh, Coach Corner and Stria. I'm here with a very special guest. He is a former NFL player, and it's a funny interaction how I was talking with uh, this guy before we started airing the pod. I met this guy at Fairgrounds in River North, right across the street from where I worked. And uh, he's a former NFL player, a former American football running back and special teams player who played in the NFL for seven different seasons with the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Rams, the Buffalo Bills, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Went to and um, had his, had an amazing story. A terrific guy I met, uh, Tim Terrell. Uh, Tim, it's an honor to be speaking with you, a former NFL player. Um, and uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, Matt. And it's an honor to talk to you just the way we met. I really appreciated. We were just sitting there and you you stopped and just I, I had my I just had a jacket, a little logo that said the NFL. And you said, Did you play in the NFL? I think you even asked me, am I playing in the NFL? I'm like, thank you. A long time ago, I did. But no, it's a pleasure, buddy. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I, I am honored to have you. Um, I'm an Illinois local yourself growing up in Hoffman Estates in the suburbs of Chicago. I grew up in Highland Park. So there is a little bit of a connection there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your story that I've read um, was uh, from your friend Marty M. I can't pronounce his last name doing this po- uh, doing it on this pod. But let's start from the beginning. What made you want to play college football? And did you ever dream about playing in the NFL when you were a kid or in high school? Like, how did this whole dream start? And how and walk the audience through a little yeah. bit of your story. Try not to be too boring, but it was, uh, I was, I was not, I was okay. And uh, I loved the sport. I loved soccer. I played soccer when I was in eighth grade. I played baseball and football really were the my three. And then after eighth grade, I quit soccer, even though I was the MVP of my team. I don't like to brag. I'm just kidding. No, I, mean, I was a pretty good <laughs> soccer player, but I didn't like, I, I, I just went on to high school and made the B team <laughs> in football and played there, you know, and I just, I, I played baseball and just kind of loved I loved football and I had a little bit of success. I went on to the, the sophomore year and then I started my junior year and my senior year on the very first day of, of training camp in my senior year. And I was really excited. I wasn't really, I got a couple division three letters, maybe my junior year, a couple of them, but I didn't, I just wanted to play. And I ended up uh tore cartilage on my knee the very first day. So I didn't play my senior year in high school and I was crushed because I made a comeback. I got in a couple plays near the end of the season. I got the knee rehabbed, and I was really pretty ready to go. And I, But I really did miss that year. And then I sat out another year, went to Harper Junior College at night, worked at Dominic's Bagger. You know, I was Bagger of the Year back in 1980. I don't like to brag. And uh, self-proclaimed anyways. Um, but uh, I, I miss football, you know. And I'm like, um, I heard about Harper Junior College. I said, I can just try out there and – I met the coach and I said, coach, can I try? I want to try out. And I did as a running back and I made it as the starting running back and two games into the season or three, I forget what it was. He converts me to a quarterback. He goes, I want you to be our quarterback next week. <laughs> I'm like, we have four guys. They were not happy when he put me in there and it just, I was an option guy. So I ran the option. I spit it out and I threw the ball also kicked and punted for the team. 
So I kind of did everything. And uh, I think I led the team in tackles because I threw a lot of interceptions and I'd go murder the guy. <laughs> but I ended up doing well and got 12 offers out of my junior college. And I, 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 three as a quarterback, nine as a defensive back. Chose Northern Illinois mostly because I loved the way their offense was. It was a sprint out offense. It was it was option, and I had a, a lot of uh, I was I was I was in you're more a little bit more in charge of the game as far as the decisions you make. And the coach was the no brainer. Was Bill Mallory was the most influential man along with John Elizak, my junior college coach. And these are men that uh, they tell it like it is, which I love that type of coaching, like a Mike Ditka, like we talked about earlier, Mike Ditka or Vince Lombardi. Or um, they were both Schembechler, Woody Hayes, just hard asses, you know. And there was no excuse, no room. He goes, "You suck. Let's go watch the film. See where you suck there, 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 and there. And you got till tomorrow to not suck, or you're out of here." So I loved. I, I kind of and I never really needed to be told twice. And anyways, I want to play quarterback. Played quarterback at Northern again, and uh, had a just a, we had, our team had a great career. Uh, we won the California Bowl. We won our MAC championship, and I was honored to be the Player of the Year in the conference. I won the Jefferson Award, and then um, you know, and 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 a lot of guys. We got a few guys trying out, and I got a. I was a free agent. Was asked to try out by Dallas, Seattle, Green Bay, Atlanta, and another couple teams, and and all of them mostly on on uh, as a defensive back. And uh, I chose the Falcons because they wanted me as a running back, special teams guy. Really, all of them it was going to be special teams. I never played. Really, quarterback, I wasn't going to do it in the NFL. So I I just tried out for Atlanta. And a series of things happened. And I, I went out there and um I and 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 I was probably 12th on the on the list. We ran a, a one-back offense uh going through camp and literally just went ballistic. Uh I remember, and we could talk about some of that stuff, but and and um surprisingly, uh not only did I make the team, but and then I ended up being a captain my second year in the league of our team and then first alternate the pro bowl two years in a row and you know and played seven years and it was not i was just a guy who loved the game appreciated every second of it and if i was my own agent i would have played for free because i didn't i didn't I, it wasn't the money it was i just the feeling that you get from the game was ridiculous so i went to atlanta two and a half years um they kind of trade accidentally traded me. They cut me, but they were going to pick me up the next day because they had to get a lineman, and that's the way they had to maneuver it. But the Rams saw me on waivers, picked me up that night. Now I'm in Los Angeles. It was amazing. And then I, I went played two years there, two and a half, and then I went to the Buffalo Bills. They got a signing bonus, whatever, so I went there, and uh, I got cut and picked up by the Steelers and played two with them. And and um, and and the whole thing, as I look back, it was just that's kind of what happened. But the stories between and the people that I met and um, the experiences were uh, in the gratitude and humility. It's just I'm just so blessed that I got to experience this. And everywhere I played, um, it was not what I did. It was nothing to do with what I did. It was what everyone else did for me. These coaches, these people giving me an opportunity and and showing me how to take advantage of that opportunity. Don't come up with an excuse. I don't care you were a quarterback. You're trying to make it as a fullback. You're trying. Doesn't matter. I'm going to make the team, and and uh, I did it with pretty much my uh, aggression, a passion. I didn't have great technique in the beginning, but you can't. They can't teach you to be as ballistic as I was. The coaches would kind of laugh at me because I get in fights every day, and I made sure there was enough guys around to break it up because 
I was going to get my butt kicked because these guys could kick my ass, but I wouldn't back down to anybody. And it had just ended up learning technique and, and turning into a, you know, a pretty good player throughout my career. But the whole experience, the people that I met and, and the coaches was, I wish people could feel that one day of their life. Cause it's stupid. I get it every day now, even. Um, I recall um, a quote of, of a six of uh, one of your Falcons uh, head coaches. Um, the that the, the Dan Henning Henning. Dan Henning yeah. 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 And he, this was what he said about you. He said, quote, I like Tim Terrell because he's kind of the symbol of what I like to have on special teams. Falcons can't of coach Dan Henning said in a column. Uh, he is what's known as an all out football player. He loves it. He likes to mix it up. He'll back down to nobody. And you need to have that. What did you make of that comment from your coach uh, at the time, and um, what what did and what was your thought thought process from hearing about it? It was kind of cool. So when I first when I when I got into camp, you know, you everyone's player of the year, everyone's MVP, and then you got your guys that have played in the NFL for years. So I get there, and I'm 13th string. We already had four running backs. We had Gerald Riggs, William Andrews, Lynn Kane, and Richard Williams, and um, and they're all pretty much number one, two. We run a one back offense, and we got. 10 rookies, two drafted, two running backs drafted, and then all the other of us were free agents. We had about 13 players. We really had no room for anyone else to make the team, really, at that position. And so when I was a quarterback at Northern, you know, I, I did a lot of sprint out. I'd throw on the run, and uh, and I'd run option passes. Well, we in practice one day, in the, in the very beginning, second week of practice, and I was, no, what, didn't get a chance to do it. And we ran a halfback pass against our first defense and I was I ran in I go I got this one guys I want to be the running back so they pitched it to me and I got to throw the ball so this is what I did in college so Bart turns around pitches the ball to me I start running like I'm going to run the defense comes up and Alfred Jenkins does a backside post and I throw him a touchdown pass and practice against our first defense you know and as a rookie and all the guys were going nuts they're high-fiving me and I come back to the huddle I, I'm running back past coach Henning and I say coach he goes, hey, Terrell. He called me Tyrell or Terrell. Never yeah. a great job. It's Terrell. But um, he says, hey, Terrell, you must have been a high school quarterback. And I and I was like, close coach, college. And I was I was so angry. I was I was beyond angry that this guy didn't know. I was player of the year. I won the MVP of the league. I was Mac player. I was an offensive player of the year for my team. I'm thinking, how do you? And I went to bed that night, didn't sleep. I'm like, I can't, I, I don't want to be a woulda, coulda, shoulda guy. I, I never want to be that. Tomorrow morning's going to be a different practice. So I started teeing off on everybody. The DBs were starters. I would fly into them because there's a fullback. You got it. And we, you, I didn't, I wasn't real big. So I had to go fly into them. So I'd fly into them. They would like, dude, chill out. If you've ever seen Invincible, that movie, it's, it's just like that. Just like it. Where they, they, they say, rookie, slow down. And I and I just got in fights constantly and 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 in practice and making plays and then on special teams a little bit and slowly but quickly because you don't have a lot of time I start climbing up the chart it put me on, on on the special teams I made two tackles my first you know my kickoffs got in the caught the ball twice and ran the ball twice did pretty good by my third game I was start I was the, I was the starter on kickoff team I lit people up 
I mean, I, don't <laughs> I lit people up. I mean, I knocked them out cold. I knocked myself out cold several times. I sent you a little bit of a, some of the clips. I don't know if yes. you were able to open that. Yes. But, I mean, it's it's the and the announcers they're going nuts. Like this guy does not care about his but I didn't. It didn't matter. I love being knocked out. I just would come to and they're like. I'm like, what happened? I go, well, you you knocked yourself in you. I go, was it a big hit? And they're like, yeah, you know, and it, it, but I just, I loved it. And I remember when I went to the Rams and I'm kind of getting to the story about Dan, what I think is what they're talking about is I was standing in my locker room. We were going to play the Falcons because they were in our conference. So this is three years later. And, but I, I, I had gotten let go. Um, but then they called me back with the Falcons. You know, that's what happened. I got let go. And three weeks later, they called me back. And then I went on to be our, our captain the next year and had a good career. But news guys were walking to some some uh, TV guys, the camera guys were walking past at me in the locker room, you know, and we're the day before the game. We were just at practice. They were at a practice. And they said, are you Tim Terrell? And I was like, yeah. They go, we, we, we were uh, we just interviewed Coach Henning a couple of days ago and thought you'd appreciate this story. And he said, we asked him, who was the toughest guy? Who would you never cut? You know, and he said, Jeff Van Noet or Steve Barkowski at the time with the guy. And they asked him, who was the toughest person you ever had to cut? And he said, immediately said your name. And he said, this is a kid. When he cut me, they had to cut me because they had to bring a lineman in. It, it was kind of how it was. They didn't have room. But then they called me back. And at the time, I had already gone out for three other, um, at three other uh, interviews or, or tryouts because everyone trims their roster down, but they know some guys are available and they'll give you a shot. And anyways, got called back, but he was kind of a cop. It was like, he said, you were one of the toughest, blah, blah, blah. And he's just, I'm like, wow, thank you. And anytime I'd hear these compliments, Matt, I just, I'm, I'm like, are you talking to this? Is this me? I mean, are you, I, 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 I don't, I never felt it when I got, when I was with the Rams, uh, one day I'm in Atlanta, I go with the Rams and coach Robinson walks in the head coach. And I'm sitting there because they just flew me in. And he walks in and he's like, Tim, Coach Robinson. I'm like, my God, I know who you are. Hi, Coach. He's like, listen, we're so excited we got you. We think you're one of the best special teams players in the NFL. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, me? And I didn't say that, but I was like, wow. He goes, I want you. You're here to stay, which as a rookie, as a third, second-year guy, saying you made the team and you're probably here for a couple of years was like, wow. But I never – Never thought I was all that. I just wanted the opportunity all the time. Sorry, that was a real long answer, but no, Dan no, Henning no, no, said no, a lot of never, There's never long answers on the show. Dan Henning just said a lot of great things that I was honored. To, when Anytime your peers, you know, these are guys, I would be out there, Matt, on the field sometimes. I'm like, if they find out that I'm on this field with these guys, I'm screwed. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I kind of made the team with them, especially with Dickerson. I'm like, how am I on the same field with Eric Dickerson? You know, and, and I get to block for him. It started one game when our fullback went down, I got to start, but it's always been a, an, an appreciation beyond, in, in all aspects of it. The game, the people that I've met, the experiences with the team, going out afterwards with the team, winning games with the team, being in the locker room. It's just a fantasy that as a kid, I never imagined it. I dreamed about it maybe, but I just like, that's not reality. Speaking of Eric Dickerson, you uh, backed up for one of, I want to say one of the, at worst, top five running backs of all time. What was your experience like backing up for him? And what did you learn from your experience backing up for from Eric Dickerson? And well, 
I'm sorry. I, 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 I wasn't necessarily backing him up. We were at I point, so I was a fullback. I got to oh, play right. oh, yes, when yes. Eric played, and and uh, one of our guy, um, Barry Ridden, went down, and I had just been traded. So I was. We played the Dolphins. So I caught a pass, and there's a photo uh, of the top hundred pictures ever taken. Well, we made an ISO play where I was cutting off for Dahl and the other guy. They were jumping over me, but I'm diving through it. it looks like I didn't block him, but Eric. Ran, Eric's got the ball, and he and it was one of the best pictures of the century. It was kind of cool, so I I got that cool picture. But it was really just being in awe. And you know, when I got there, I tried to be always just tried to be as prepared as possible mentally and physically. Was I was always physically ready to go, but mentally making sure. And I made a couple of mistakes when I got to start with Eric Dickerson because I I had just gotten there and I I I I lined up on the wrong side one time, but it was truly. Um, an honor. And Eric was, you know, I can remember watching film where I, I coach Robbins said, guys, he just told the team that we'd watch, we'd watch the highlights and then we'd break up usually. So the whole team's in the room and John Robinson really, really fired me up because he really said some really wonderful things about me in front of the whole group. And he's like, guys, before we get to, I want you to watch. And he didn't mention me, but he goes, I want you to watch how this kid, how we should play, how we should play special teams. So it's one where I knock a guy just split the wedge five yards ahead of it, knocked the hell out of the guy. We're both out cold on the ground. Then he shows another one where I lay, lay out a big lineman, a huge lineman who was running down on punt team. He was looking up at the ball and I was setting the wall. So he didn't see me coming. So I, oh my God, I hit him and knocked him out. He was down, but he didn't see me coming. So it, it, now you'd get penalized, I think, for that. I don't think you can, if, if someone's not even looking, you can't hit him anymore. Where we used to light people up, because you'd set him up like so you're going to block him, and the guy from the right would block him instead. Anyways, he's shown all these films. And the one of the kickoffs, I was right by Eric, and he's like, he goes, oh, and everyone's like, oh, my God. And it's like, they don't, because you don't really see the hits in the game. They're doing something else. And and Eric goes to me. He goes, he goes, Terrell, Terrell, he goes, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. And I'm like, oh, my God, Eric Dickerson said I was crazy. You know, and you know what I mean? It was like I get validation from these guys. But – Dan Henning always used to say, Timmy set the tone when we were kicking off. He's like, you know, light somebody up. And, and, and it wasn't like I won these battles, but I flew so far into them, I would get a little not silly, you know. But it would set the tone as the aggression kind of thing is what Coach Henning would say. Um, getting back to your uh, early on experience, um, I you did suffer uh, a knee injury back in the day. And – you didn't let that deter you from chasing your dream and, and you dealt and everybody goes through adversity. We all do. How did you use that adversity uh, to turn things around and to get to where you're at today and uh, walk me through that whole mindset? Well, when I had knee surgery, you got to remember, I, I I'm, I'm a very unique and different person. Everyone thinks I did drugs or do drugs. Even today, I've never done a drug in my life. And I drank and I stopped drinking 20 years ago. I wasn't a big drinker. I just didn't, I, I didn't, I was so ballistic and I was, I was too, um, too crazy for my size. Like I said, if I'm getting in a fight with someone, I'm making sure there's plenty of guys to break it up in the, during practice, you know, but I just didn't back down to anything. And my favorite phrase to say, more live it than do it. And everything that I like to, to the way I like to lead my life is through my actions. And that's what I do, how I handle situations. 
But um, when I had the knee surgery, I just was, I was crushed because my, and I, was, I remember throwing my crutches and it was, it was torn cartilage. It wasn't too bad, but it kept me out for my senior year. And then, and then I sat out of here because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I want, I knew if I stay in, I got to stay in school though. So I went to Harper at night and I was a bagger at, at Dominic's and I rehabbed it to the point where I'm better. I'm fine. And, but I had no idea what it's like in the, in the college level, in the junior college level, I had no idea. So I went and tried out and lots of success, you know, and the feeling that I got, I've never done a drug, but after a while, it's almost like a, a drug addict. I think the adrenaline rush that I get, not only in so many areas of the game, I heard someone say, I think it was Nick Bonacani from the Dolphins. Uh, someone was interviewing him or some old timer. He said, what do you miss most from the game, about the game? He goes, I miss breaking the huddle. And I realized what he meant is that anxiety feeling. You break the huddle, it's like, look at the size of these guys. Oh, my God. And we're going at it. It's game time. It's Talk is over. We're breaking the huddle. Wow. Where are you going to get that feeling? Where are you going to get the feeling of when you're doing the, singing a the national anthem before the game? And knowing that, and I'd look around like, how the hell did I get here? And I would see the size of these guys and, 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 um, and that feeling. And then when you're getting ready for kickoff team and you're running down the field and then after the game and then in the locker room with the guys. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to watch him on TV. Steve Markowski was my idol. Billy Weishus Johnson. Oh my God. He's like, great. And I, now I know all these guys. And then it goes on. And then people are asking me for my autograph for, and I'm like, what are you kidding me? And this, overwhelming uh desire to make sure that I, I i i'm humble about this and that i've been blessed with these opportunities and i never ever and i didn't say this this is what i meant to say i never ever ever let the lack of effort dictate my success i always i'll let god sort it out because hey i gave it my best i really did give it my best shot I could have played basketball as much as I wanted. I'm never playing. I, I like to tell you when I made the B team in <laughs> basketball. And I'd get me, they'd throw me in for a minute in my freshman year and I'd fall out. I knew that wasn't my game. <laughs> you know, but uh the the knee surgery whole thing, any adversity in my life, you have one of two choices. You know what? It's sort of like someone who goes, someone who's bitching and complaining or with a bad attitude, and they're like, you know, I just keep digging myself a hole and it's just, you know, just keep digging and digging. I go, how about we start with uh, stop digging, throw the shovel away. Okay. You could, there's a grieving period, but then you got to, you know, life isn't fair and no, it's, it's not always fair. And, and the coach maybe has a favorite and you know what? Dust yourself off. I got cut five times in the NFL. I played seven years and, and, and was one of the top special teams players in the league when I played, um, going into it, a junior college working at Dominic's just a few years later. I mean, it's only three or four years later, I was working at Dominic's. It's almost like, um, what's his name story? Um, in some Our respects. Waters. Hurts, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we were all just kind of doing, but look at Eddie, look at um, Tom Brady. If, if, if Bledsoe didn't go down, Brady's a sixth rounder. I can tell you, I saw hundreds of guys because they're backing up Eric Dickerson. Well, we had, we had also, then we had Charles White backing up Eric. Well, Charles was a little guy, but oh my God, when he got in there, you're like, wow, I know why he won the Heisman Trophy now, but when you look at him, and some of these guys don't get a chance, they don't get a chance, and you look at all these quarterbacks now, look at Purdy, I mean, the kid was the, the most irrelevant, 
And now he's Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick of the draft. Yeah, that's what I mean. He was Mr. Irrelevant, you know? And you look at Tom Brady, who was the guy, he only got in because Bledsoe went down six Super Bowls later than 20 years later. So I think about that all the time. And I, and I, and I, um, and it's not just in, in that, Matt, you know, what you did is I really appreciated the way that you came up to me or you said something, because I do it all the time. I'll go up to people and just, and I have met, I, I met, uh, I, I could go on and on, but I met the lead singer of ACDC, Brian Johnson in London at Wembley stadium. Cause I'm a stalker ACDC fan at the <laughs> time and even now more now, but so I know everything about the band. So I'm walking through the lobby of the hotel because we're we're playing at Wembley, but we're practicing. We're staying at the Mayfair Hotel in London. Beautiful hotel. And I look over. I'm like, I had to go to a meeting. We had just flown in, too. It's like 12 hours uh, the day before. So I still had jet lag. I'm tired. I'm like, oh, my God, is that Brian Johnson? I run, I run over. There. I go, excuse me, are you Brian Johnson? I knew everything. I knew every song. I knew it. And Brian Johnson took over for, a, you know, Bond. But anyways, and he goes, I sure didn't make. How you doing? I'm like, oh my God. So we talked for a while and he, um, I go, Brian, I got to go to a meeting. Can I meet you afterwards and maybe we could have a drink? And he goes, sure, mate. You know, well, my phone rings at five o'clock in my room. I get back. I'm kind of just laying down. I was going to call him. And, and I'm like, hello. He goes, hello, is Tim there? I go, this is Tim. He goes, Tim Brian here. I'm like, Brian, hey, Brian. I'm like, he goes, hey, me and the boys are going to dinner. We'd like to know if you want to join us. Angus Young, Malcolm Young, Harry Banda, George Young. These are the producers, the, the whole band. So I'm like, yeah. So I go. And I go hop in a limo. Well, we hop in a, not a limo. We The band was already at the restaurant. We go in front of the hotel, take pictures. We jump in a cab with my buddy. I brought a guy who's kind of a rocker. We walk in there and there's Angus Young, Malcolm Young, the band. And we're having dinner. And then I'm now friends with them. And then I see, I've seen them over, you know, 50, 60 times. But I've been backstage and friends with them. And it's like, for me, it's such a thrill because for the main thing is they're so humble. They're so grateful that they're that they have what they do. They're 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 the most humble band, or really people that with so much success. You know, Back in Black album sold only second to Thriller, the most albums in the history of rock and roll. It's the highest selling album of all time, Brian. And that's the whole story. But I've met people like you because I go up and I'm interested in their story, and it and it inspires me, and it makes me. I don't motivate people. I try to inspire them with this is what these are. Here's some suggestions that worked for me. You know what I mean? And that's so when you came up, I thought it was just what a good kid, man. What a good, you know, and, and all the people that I met through Brian Johnson and other rock stars and uh, the good ones. There's been some that think they're all that same with players. And I don't really associate them. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. No, no, no. Been, there's no, there's no right there's, or wrong. There's, no, there's no wrong <laughs> answers on the show. There's, there's just so much, um, you know, there's just so much that I have experienced because of, uh, of, um, of, of this, the, the NFL is one thing, but a lot of it is I've gone up to people, Michael Wayne, John Wayne's son. I'm, I met him at, at the, uh, at the party, you know, Donnie Osmond and his wife, I met him, and then I met Pee Wee Herman. Is a great story. Uh, a little, um, uh, the Spin Doctors, you know. Uh, but then I'm friends with these guys, and and it's just kind of fun because I'm like, I, I, I just thought they were so untouchable, and it's so cool and refreshing when they're so humble. I'm so humbled that you stopped me, and that I get an opportunity to hopefully maybe say something that inspires somebody else because it's just so cool. And I wake up this way and. 
and I, because I've just been blessed, you know, everything's not always perfect, but I'll see a, I'll see homeless people. I'll see starving people. And I, 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 I get emotional to the point where Tim, that could have been you because you weren't in charge of where you were born. I didn't choose my parents. I didn't even know what the hell I want to do in college. I didn't have a plan to play in the NFL. It was a series of, of decisions I made from people who gave me an opportunity to have that. And then more importantly, how do you take advantage of that? You hear that old saying, I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink, right? right. I mean, I'm bringing you to an opportunity. Don't screw it up. Yeah, I, like I, I, you know, yeah, this is the owner of the company or these 10 people are owners of companies, which is a president of our chapter 12 years ago. YPO members, the YPO group is a bunch of millionaires, men and women who invented a product or a service and they grow each other's company. Well, I put an event together that was a mentoring program for the players. And guys, you're going to meet these guys. And because of that, I have I have met so many multimillionaires and wonderful people. And the ones that I stick with are the ones that are humble, are grateful, are kind of carry it forward. And I feel like it's my obligation. And that's what I kind of thrive on more than is that I get to to carry forward what was given to me. So in, in getting on your podcast, I get to take all this shit that I did that I got to do. And then I had didn't get hurt and got an opportunity in some cases. And man, boy, when I got an opportunity, they knew who the hell I was. They they knew because I knew I knew I can remember when Henning said that, yo, you must have been a high school quarterback. I'm thinking to my, I, I couldn't sleep that night. I'm thinking I am not going to be that guy that said, oh, I tried out. Oh, look, junior, I tried out when I was a kid. No, I'm making the team. I'm not here to make friends. And that was my motto. I, I and I, uh, and before the final cut, Steve Barkowski, William Andrews, and Billy White Hughes Johnson separate times came up to me three days before and said, Timmy Barkowski, you're one of the toughest rookies and he had played 10 years at the time that I've ever seen come into camp um I'm amazed and he goes I heard you were a quarterback and he didn't know either he's he goes unbelievable Billy Whitehues was just a a wonderful guy a phenomenal athlete and just a the most inspirational guy I ever met and Jeff Van Noe played 17 years and Jeff says to me TD and they were they lost all the time we he looked like Santa Claus right before he retired he had this big white beard and you know and he, he was a center he said, you are, we need a guy like you on this team. You don't put up with shit. You know, and 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 I was just like, to hear that, Matt, and to think back then, it was like, what an honor to have an opportunity to just even be able to uh, maybe impress my my coworkers, <laughs> you know, and and uh these people that are great coming up and complimenting you and like the way Coach Robinson coached. To say that he thought right when I meet him, we think, and I was first alternate in the Pro Bowl that year. Uh, the second year I was with him, I was special teams player of the year for the team. I won this, you know, they give you these different things. But that was my my role was a special team. I got noted as that. I got to back up once in a while though, and that was fun. But uh, um, just all these experiences, I my obligation is to carry it forward. I I, I might one last thing. I watched a, an ultimate fighting thing. I forget who it was. It was about six months ago or whatever. And uh, I forget who won. They won. His face says all beat up. And he, it was a great match, you know. And he's like, uh, uh, Joe Rogan or whatever, who owns it? He goes, can I have the phone or whatever, whoever owns it? I think that? it's Dan Dana White. Or oh. Dana. Dana. He goes, Dana, can I have the mic? And he goes, 
Danny gives them the mic. And this is exactly how what I would say to them and to you and to anybody. And he said, I'm grateful that I I, I was able to do this and I, I got in and 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 we won this match. But I he goes, I just hope and pray that one day, just one day, you get to feel how I feel right now. The feeling that I have is almost un, it's unexplainable. And I hope that you get to have that feeling in your in your body once, because I have had it, Tim Terrell personally so many times and i know exactly what he's talking about all the work that you've done and all the and it was it wasn't work it was hard work but it was it was an it was a fun because the ultimate the ultimate um price or the ultimate uh joy is this oh, this feeling of wow like i almost get it when i watched um michigan win you know what a great game and the game before that and and how some of these 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 like detroit how they're doing now it's just an unexplainable feeling. And uh, when you go into the working world, when guys and players retire, I can see why some of them struggle and go through a depression, go into drugs or drinking or whatever, because the business world isn't really like that. It's, it's very rarely that you find that feeling that you had. So a lot of guys like this, what I get to do is I get to tip, tip my... <coughs> dip my toe in the water talking to you to tell you about my experience. And, and it's a, it's and, and I've been able to do it my whole life. And, and I know, um, I know how to get things done. I mean, once you learn the product or the service, now you got to do the work, you know, just like stop, drop the shovel, stop digging and let's put a plan together. And then, you know, you, you, you let the chips fall where they may. Do not let do not let your lack of effort dictate your success. I mean, could you have done something else? And when you have, you walk away. I tried my best. You, I really tried my best, but only you know that, you know. But I was not going to be the guy watching the game from home. I was not going to be that guy. I have a chance from Conan High School, went to St. Hubert's Catholic School, and and these people that my friends now. When they were, I run into a lot of them quite often. And they're like, Timmy, I followed your whole career because I lost touch with all of them going in the pros in college. And and then you come back and we've got this group now. And a lot of them have done a lot of great things, you know, from weathermen. He's a big weatherman in, in Madison, Wisconsin, to big business owners. And some of the things these people have done, they've lived their dream. I just didn't know about it. But it's so exciting to hear about it. And Matt, talking to you and your enthusiasm when I met you, um, you know, you can you can spot disingenuous I can from a mile away, and your sincere enthusiasm and passion for what you do and your love for the game. You, I think you said you had a year with the Bears, and I and you can't uh, teach year, that. Year with the no, I didn't work with the Bears. Or who you had a year with somebody, right? Uh, um, who'd you who'd you have a year with where you did uh, you did something? Oh, I I did a sports marketing internship. That that was the year. Where I was think. that? And yeah. Evanston. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, was it Northwestern? No, it was it was near Northwestern, but no, it was a sports marketing agency. Oh, I thought you okay, but you did maybe you, you told me that you got a, a little dose of it and you just love it. But oh, I, I was a volunteer for opening night of the Bears Packers. Okay. That's probably and that had to be cool. Maybe that's yeah. what you talked about. You were just like like I would have been if I didn't play and and just being around it and getting invited to different events and different occasions. And it's an honor because ultimately um, hopefully I get to, and I'll never, and I'll get to inspire somebody 
you know. I appreciate those kind words, Tim. That was very sincere, and I really appreciate that coming from you. Well, you're, you know, um, it's, it's, it's. And I went to a restaurant last night. I always go to this restaurant. Their their service is off the charts. I've been there over a hundred times between the three restaurants, um, and their their consistency. It's like a team. It's literally like a team. I don't care what server you get; they're going to be amazing. And then their bus boy, a bus girl, and the people who are busting. The people who are bringing you your food. The manager. The people who greet you at the door. Dude, it's unbelievable. It's and the food's off the charts. And it's it's Bai's restaurant, and it's it's Bai's Italian inspired. They own Entourage, and they own Fire and Wine in Glen Ellen. So these restaurants, no matter which one you go to, the way they put this team together, exactly, exactly what you do in a in a in a in a football team, is what exactly what you want. You all have a role, um, and but the way that they, the consistency in the food, it's 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 um it's the same thing and you that's how you take what you learned in football and you go into the business world and that was my approach there too uh i want to talk just about like general football itself and um we both live in chicago and there's a lot of speculation on what the bears are going to do with getting the first overall pick per, whether they want to keep trade it to the number eight pick what i've been reading or they want to keep the number one and trade maybe Justin Fields um, and draft Caleb Williams. There's been some reports that Cliff Kingsbury has been linked to being the offensive coordinator for the Chicago bears and your opinion, watching the bears and watching Justin Fields and watching, I'm sure you've watched Caleb Williams at USC. Mm. What would you do if you were the bears? Um, It's such a hard thing. Cause like we talked about Purdy, like we talked about Tom Brady, like we talk about a lot of these people, Justin Fields is an amazing athlete, just an absolutely amazing. And it's not just, you look, give you a great example in regards to, and I'll answer your question, but, but it's like this, look at golf, look at um, golf now. Okay. And, and Matt um, Stafford, they won a Super Bowl three, they switched sides in his first year. He wins it. Now golf has a shot of winning it. Is it the quarterback or maybe it's a different team and you got a lot more players that you didn't have? So there's so many um, there's so many factors involved. When I see these guys, they're talking heads. When I see these guys talk on TV like they know what they're talking about, they don't. They don't. They don't. I mean, it's not that they don't, but their equation, if you're an actuator and you can run some numbers and you're maybe statistically, well, well look at some of the plays Justin has made but then again, then you look at, well, he had that winning streak near the end of the season, but he's never really come back in his three years. They they pull a history there. So honestly, I don't have with confidence. No, I know they're keeping the head coach, it sounds like, and they're getting they got rid of the coordinator, so they're gotta get an offensive coordinator. Um, but then uh and and having Justin maybe uh, I don't know, stay in the pocket and if he can get that progression before he starts running around like a Michael Vick kind of thing, which is exciting to watch. But will it take you to the next level that you need to get? Honestly, I don't know. So when, my honest answer is I, I really don't know. And if uh, um, I, I love watching Justin, he has some greatness in him at times. Maybe he needs better receivers that are precise in routes. And Besides, he's outside of DJ Moore, who had yeah, a number two is DJ Moore. Yes, number two. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it, honestly, I. It's so always hard for me to say because in my case, when I ever I got a chance, I just excelled. I was like Purdy in college. I that's kind of me in college. I never they had they had four quarterbacks at Harper Junior College. They had four. 
I was already, I was, and I'm like, I'm, I never played the position. You're going to, you're starting next week at quarterback. I'm like, I didn't see what the coach saw because I got 12 offers out of Harper. So I must've done something right now, mostly as a DB, but then I go to Northern and I win Mac player of the year in the whole conference. Um, and I honestly, I didn't see this. I'm like, wow, I won the MVP of my team. Well, now you go for the Mac player of the year. And I'm at this banquet and I'm thinking one of the guys who I thought was going to win it. I reached, I, I whispered in his ear, his name was Brian Pillman. He was, and went, ended up being, going into wrestling. He was a nose guard, a crazy, great player. And I whispered in his ear, I, I, before I got to go, I said, Brian, did you bring your speech with you? Cause you're going to win this, you know? Well, when they called my, Bo Schembeck was going to call my name. Um, when I was walking by Brian, I said, Hey man, do you mind if I borrow your speech? <laughs> Cause I had won this award, but they were really Matt. It was unexpected for me to, to do any of that. So when you talk about trying to, what do they need to do? Um, I don't know enough about their O line and, and who's, you know, when they grayed out, I, I didn't get into that much detail. I like Justin Fields. It's been fun watching near the end of the season. He got really good, you know, and uh, he seemed to get better. And um, so, I mean, I hate to, cause I hear these people all the time, Stephen A or whatever his, his name is. And, and he, so he's what he doesn't know. And they're not right half the time or, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I like Stephen Ace. I, I mean, I like um, Justin and some of the receivers. The Bears were seemed to be clicking. The coaching was was seemed to be coming a little bit more together. And then the season ends. But then you have three years of is it three years? How long has the head coach been there? Three or two? This is his second year, and Justin second, Fields yeah. his second is the second full year. Full started. year, yeah. yeah. And and that's you know what again Stafford and and Goff. Look at those guys where they're at now, you know, and they got trade. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's these guys, they improved so much. They lost that last game against green Bay horribly, but um, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say, <laughs> what to um, say to that, you know? Uh, speaking of like, uh, like what we don't know is that Mike McCarthy there's been a lot of speculation over him getting fired with the with the Cowboys. That's not the case. That, in my opinion, that was probably the most. I said this on my pod last night. That was probably the most humiliating loss in Dallas Cowboys playoff history. Lose I agree. Seven and a half point favorites at home against Green Bay, and Jordan Love was sensational. Do you think that Jerry that the Dallas Cowboys are making a mistake? by keeping Mike McCarthy and what did you make of Jordan Love's amazing performance? And it seems like the Packers just are three for three in like getting and drafting and developing quarterbacks. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? But, but remember what they were saying about him when he first started out, when he got in there and he started, you know, and then he, again, this is a guy again, like we talked about Tom Brady and Purdy, man, give him a chance. And by the, this is that, that loss, I, I thought I thought um, Jerry Jones was going to fire some people before the end of the game. You know, yeah. it was so bad. Um, and McCarthy's got a great, you know, normal. How the hell did that happen? Especially at home, it's it's unimaginable. And so Jerry hasn't let anyone go yet. No, not to my knowledge. Jerry Jones. Okay, I thought for sure McCarthy was going to go, going to have to go because just just Jerry Jones. But maybe he's. It was just a, it was a horrible game. Um, but so your question was, um, 
What do you think they're going to do? Again, man, I don't. I mean, look at look at Coach McCarthy's history. I mean, it's got so many so many great things. And same with Belichick. It's like, my God, you know what? Uh, maybe it's time for. And then this guy they bring in, I was not impressed with that interview. Oh my God, wow, was I not impressed? I was like, they brought this dude in. Um, uh, who knows why? Um, is it? Uh, you know, I listen to him. I'm like, and then he's going on with this black and white thing, like it's. I'm the first black. I'm like, please, can we get away from color? Can we stop talking about that bullshit? I You're never thought about Gerard any of my Mayo. Teams. You're talking about Gerard Mayo getting hired by the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. Right. Yeah. And 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 I'm like, is it necessary to you as a black coach? And, and I've heard something like, I mean, why does it have to? Why are we talking about that shit? So when you said, is there anything you don't want to talk about? It's not that I don't want to talk about it. I know people get very uncomfortable. It's like, bullshit. I have never looked at color when I played. My buddy, I'm on buddies on the team. I, and now all of a sudden, these last few years, it's, it's I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And and that was the, the worst, the worst by far I've ever seen in a stupid-ass interview. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just was like, dude, shut up. Shut, just shut up. You're going to, oh, my God. Unbelievable. They're trying to hit their quota with the number of, of black coaches or something. Or I'm not, if I wasn't reminded so much about that, I, I mean, God, I, I just, I'm like, why do they make that? It's not an issue. Let's look at the scoreboard. When you hire a coach, you look at the wins and you hire, you know, based on that, I, I mean, you look at Tony Dungy, Lovey, the Steelers coach. The, Mike Tom. They're amazing guys. Amazing. Not because of their color. It's oh God. I, I I actually I don't even have I don't even have a conversation with people like that. I just I can't. I'm like, I just it's not an issue. But anyways. Yeah, that yes, I totally agree on that end. Um now I wanna ask you if we if you have to pick a team that you think's gonna come out, if you had to pick who's in your Super Bowl right now. I'm putting you on the spot here. Who, which two teams are you picking? I, I would, I would like to see Detroit go. I just wish it was their time. I love Dan Campbell, the golf. I like that whole story, you know. And the win over the Rams was so. It was like a a a um, uh, and KC always looks just ridiculous, you know. KC looks ridiculous. This is Mahomes' um, first road playoff game. Oh my gosh, and of course. I never would have said Green Bay three two weeks ago or whatever, but God dang it! Uh, I um, who's who do we have in Tennessee or Texas? The, the Texans? Texans, yes, yeah, they're they're so so the so who's in the AFC? Who's still left? Ravens and the Texans. Oh play, God, the Ra- and then the Chiefs Bills play third time okay. in five years. God, I love Josh Allen too. And then in the NFC, it's the Niners Packers. And then it's the Lions box. Detroit. And who are they playing? They're playing the box. Yes. Yeah. And they're they playing in Detroit. In Detroit. Yes, in yes. Detroit. Yeah. I, 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 I hope uh, it's Detroit. And then, um, yeah. And I haven't seen, it's been such a while in San Fran. God, I never, you know, I haven't thought about it, but who I'd like to probably see go. God. And I love that. If Purdy could go too, because I like that story. I would like to see him go. Or Detroit. I got more friends with Detroit, so I'm going to say Detroit. 
and I shouldn't pick that way, but that's just what I would like. And then um, I'd like to see Josh Allen. The, the playoffs from, was it three years ago? Remember the playoffs, the four games were just the two unbelievable. Games, it was, was two, two years, years ago. Two where years every, ago? Where every game crazy? came down the last possession. That was crazy. Josh, I've never, other than the Super Bowl, when um, Green Bay was in it 12 years ago and won it, and the amount of passes that were dropped, even though they won, was off the charts. I've never seen the accuracy that um, uh, what's the quarterback from Green Bay again? It was uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was. I was I was screaming at the TV. They still won, but you, I don't know if you remember. If you, it was a long time ago for you. Yeah. They they dropped like ten passes. They should have caught. It, it, I think at least. I mean, maybe it's a tough catch, but um, but so Green. I'm I'm gonna go with um. Buffalo and the and the and the and uh Buffalo and, and um uh Detroit. So yeah, that's Lions, what I want. The Lions and the Bills in the Super Bowl. I would like to see that, yes. And then if Purdy went, that would be wonderful. And then but uh who's um yeah, pretty much those guys that are left would be would be kind of cool. Now, who's gonna do it? Honestly, it's just too tight. I wouldn't that's what I would guess if I had to guess. Kansas City. I, I I just only because they have it they've had it the last uh, how many do they have now? If two Super Bowls in four years, in four years, yeah. So I I think the it could be the Ravens' time maybe with the yeah the Ravens are and their defense so is like their their defense was incredible all year. Yeah, and well, their QB is did he get was he is he finally named the, the, I, the I I think Lamar Jackson should it's should be it should it's be still, it's not it, to the end of the he's season. Be MVP. He should be MVP. Yeah, I, I thought it was after the regular season. It's after the whole season, huh? After the regular season, yes. He, Lamar Jackson deserves the MVP. Yeah, did they they don't announce it till after the Super Bowl? They announce it uh, before the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, okay. I should know this, but I don't. But yeah, he is. Wow, I mean. You know, it's there's just all these. I don't know if I've ever seen this many. We had some good ones in the '80s, like Montana and Young and and um, Kelly and uh, um, who else? Uh, Mar oh, well, Marino, um, Denver's QB, uh, John Elway, John. You know, uh, Bomer Esiason with the Bengals. Um, Zorn was pretty good, but you know, but this group is. I don't know if we've ever had this many. Great quarterbacks. Would you agree? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of this is a lot I mean, of young talent. A lot I mean, of production. TK Stroud and Jordan Love are handling the next generation, right? Lamar Jackson yeah. in a prove it year, and he's been and he's clearly deserved the MVP deserving of the MVP. Yeah, I agree. Uh Josh Allen, it could be his time. Patrick Mahomes trying to win another one. We can't rule them out. So yeah, this Not is at all. anybody's game, really. Yeah. San Fran would be cool. I love the Purdy story because that's a that's a rags to riches. I mean, I remember I think his parents were crying in the stands on when he got his first start or second start or whatever it was. And it's just so emotional because you just a sixth rounder, when you go into camp, you know, you're intimidated. I was a free agent. I was so intimidated. And when it happens, when you're alone, sometimes it's so emotional that it's like, gosh, God, thanks for allowing this to happen. Thanks for allowing me to, you know, I could have gotten hurt. And you see a lot of great players that get hurt, that have an injury that I'm like, wow. Or sometimes even at the, at the highest level, you see guys 
I'm thinking, God, if I had their talent, I'd be playing 20 years. And they just don't give the effort. And they end up getting cut or they have a bad attitude. And they end up getting cut. And there's a lot of reasons. And uh, and it's a shame, but it's 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 part of the game. Some guys just think they don't need to practice. Very few, but some do. And then they're they're gone. And uh, uh, there wasn't a second that went by that I didn't appreciate every every second. And even the last, my whole life for the most part, I've had rough times at times, but minimal compared to everybody else. And um, and uh, you know the bottom line is. Stop digging, whatever it is you're doing. And it's and you got to go with the old saying, the definition of insanity is you continue to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If it's not working, I learned how to run routes. I, I would, man, I mean, I, I, I had to learn how to run routes. I had no idea I'm a quarterback. And the coach would rip me. And in practice one time, in my rookie year, after I, I was trying to make the team, he hated rookies. And... Gerald Riggs, me, Richard Williams, who's a from second round or first round. William Andrews, is he's even in there? William, who's a legend. And another guy, I was wait, I was the last guy there. And we were running routes against our um linebackers, one-on-one routes. And I uh, I was up and I was on the film. It was just a film. You can't really, and you couldn't, he couldn't really see the number though. And he was critiquing me or critiquing who he thought was William Andrews. He goes, Tim, now look at William. And I'm like, looked at William, and he's like, what? He goes, it was me on the film. He goes, see how he takes a great release, and he sets a nice stem, and he attacks a linebacker, and he puts a hit, and he picks moves, and he does this and that, and he, and he runs it back. And the coach, he goes, this is how you run a route. And coach, and William Andrews said, coach, and we were all kind of laughing. He said, coach, that is Tim. He's like, oh, okay. And this guy, so there's a coach who came up to me. Um, I kind of can't remember his name. I, uh, when I was with the Rams, he came into my, when we were playing them, he goes, Timmy, or actually we played Cleveland, I think. And he was with Cleveland at the time he came over to me and he goes, Timmy, I gave you a hard time. He goes, but my God, cause I was the first alternate in the pro bowl. I was a name, a little bit, a little bit of a name, but he said, you, you really, you know what? And I took it that way. I took it as that was brutal construction. It was constant, um, um, uh, horrible, uh, 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 you know, he would just rip me any chance he could. He was brutal. I mean, he didn't, he just hated rookies. But for him to come back three years later and he saw me and I was still in the league and it was such an honor to, and I didn't take offense to it. I just said, I got to get better if I want to not be watching from home. It's the bottom line. You can either do something or not. And if you do something, you only have six weeks to prove it. And that gets real short because they're cutting 20 at a time. We had 150 in camp. So, there's a million stories. I this shit shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have been this blessed. Whoops. <laughs> you know, it just simply shouldn't have happened, and it did. It happened for me. And that's incredible. And like, like you, man, it's you know, your enthusiasm is a contagious. You know, and I'm sure at work, that positive attitude, whoever you are, is is amazing. I go to the car wash. I get this monthly pass. And I go in there and, and I beep the horn and I'm always high-fiving this guy today. And I, I give him $2 bills. I have these two. I give them to everyone. It's kind of funny. I go, here's your tip, you guys. And the kid says to me, because I stop and talk to them and they're just wonderful people. And he goes, man, I get so fired up. Every every time, every time you come in here, we all are excited to see you. He goes, you're always so upbeat. You're always, I go, I'm just blessed, man. And I said, you guys make sure. And they're like, and so he wants to get this. And he knows I played football and these guys are just, 
they see me coming and the waiters last night, they, I talked with them and I, I sent an email out to their owners of the restaurant and I don't do it to tell people. I don't want to like, look at me. I don't need any more attention. I got enough. What I want is I want you to feel how I feel. I want you to experience it and excuses and, and coming up with the reason why you woulda, coulda, shoulda, those are unacceptable. 99% of the people's dreams don't come true because they don't want to do the work. At some point, if you're heavy, you've got to lose weight. You just got to stop eating and you got to put a plan together. And, and, and you do. It's really not complicated. What's complicated is your action, is you coming up to me saying, did you play? No. And carrying on a conversation. Now we're talking and I'll probably introduce you to whatever, whatever comes from it. Some good people you can, and then that's just how it works. And you, you, it's not because you waited around and someone came to you, you go to them, not in a braggadocious. I, the last thing I ever want, I just want everyone to know that I'm, I am grateful. I'm so grateful that this happened to me and I got to live it and I continue to, and I want you to feel the way I do. So I have some suggestions. You don't have to take my suggestions. Sort of like the guy who jumps out of the plane with the, he suggests you use a parachute. You don't have to, but the landing's a little softer. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and it's like with this, my way isn't the only way, but let me tell you what I did and how it happened and take some of the things maybe from me and go gather some more, but don't look for excuses. Do not. So many people are just didn't get to that dream because they just didn't want to do the work. And that's the bottom line. It's not, there's no way of sugarcoating it. And, and, and of course, luck, then all these other factors come in luck and I didn't get hurt. And um, someone went down and I got to go in. And you, right? I mean, right. it's I did not plan what happened to me. Some of it I did. I planned the hard work. But after that, Matt, you know. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I Tim Terrell, thank you so much for joining the Off the Dome podcast. It was truly, I loved your whole life lessons and perspective. And it was I appreciate the kind words you said about me on the, on the air. Uh, you were a genuine person and uh, it was an honor to speak with you on this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. And, and the best of luck to you. You're going to kick butt with whatever you end up uh, uh, making a big, big career for the rest of your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, everyone for listening to another edition of the off the dome podcast. Have a great day and go get them. <laughs>